All right. I'm glad if you are on this teleconference, please forgive me for um, that uh, technical difficulty. That was someone's phone. They did not realize perhaps they were not on mute. But right now, I want to say good morning to everybody out in uh, the Facebook world, our digital world. I want to say good morning to everyone who is on this teleconference. I imagine more people will begin to chime in. Uh, do me a favor, everyone. Make sure that you set your alarm clocks. Um, don't set your alarm clock for 5.55. Uh, consecrate yourself. Get your mind right. Get your spirit right um, uh, before we get on the line, right? Um, it is apropos. It's appropriate that we um, make sure that we sacrifice the time. Thank you all for YouTube. I mean, thank you all for Facebook. When I say YouTube, I mean Facebook. I'm, I'm going to get it right. Facebook Live is on, and we're ready to go. Teleconference, thank you again for being here. Um, there's so much that I want to discuss, and I want to make sure that I'm moving at an appropriate pace. Um, for those who are on the teleconference, uh, and even those who are in um, our Facebook world or our digital world, um, if you have not engage the material from um, the manual. I sent out our lessons uh, for the week on last night. Um, let's not cut corners. If you have not listened to the messages uh, leading up to our fast, it's important that you do that. Don't just listen to a couple. Listen to all of them uh, because you're going to be wondering why you're not sensing or hearing or getting what you need to. Let's not cut corners. I want to encourage you, everyone, to make sure that um, you are uh, preparing yourselves for what God has for you. And so at, when we finish our time this morning, uh, when we conclude, I will linger behind for those in the digital space, those are on the phone, uh, for any questions, to talk about a few different things. I have some emails from various people about meal plans and about um, different questions because some people are very new to this. Uh, and some people um, are familiar with this, but this is still brand new because of how we're approaching it. So if you don't have to be in a rush, stay behind and maybe share one of your questions. I hope you're taking journals. I won't deal with all of those things beforehand. I want to get right into what I believe God has for us. Uh, those on Facebook, make sure you like and share. Uh, do me a favor. Um, go to my uh, social media account. You'll see that I'll post maybe some takeaways. I'll post some things uh, before our time and after our time. Take it and share it. Um, we have a responsibility to minister and share the goodness of our Lord. Now, I hope you're ready for what God has for us. Um, on today. Um, so let's just pause. For those of you who are driving, don't pause, but I think you understand what I'm asking. Everybody, let's just pause, take a couple of breaths. Now I want to be able to take my time and, um, and not move too fast. Um, I can feel the weight of what we're doing right now um, and what we're preparing to do um, throughout the night and throughout the evening, even on yesterday. I can just feel the weight of um, the struggles. I, I believe what I sense is there are many people who are kind of afraid of what 
uh, can happen and and what you are trying to do during this fast. Or some of you who um, not just fearful, but some of you are kind of frustrated because you don't know what to do, and some of you are extremely excited. There are a various amount of emotions um, that I can sense and that I can feel, um, and I want you to know that I'm praying and I'm walking alongside you. Don't give up the fight. Continue to press forward. Continue to press inward. Um, the enemy does not want what God has on the other side of um, this experience. And when I say experience, I don't just mean to minim minimize it to when you end the fast. What I, when I mean by experience, I mean by what you're doing with your life right now because um, you're making a decision uh, to be very, very much intentional, uh, more intentional. Uh, for the last six months, I told you that, uh, or during my sermons, I mentioned to you how um, there's so many different things that have taken place in my life, and so so much so that I found myself in a wilderness experience, and, and throughout our fasting time, I'm going to be able to share some of those experiences with you, but and uh, one in particular is when I was outside the psychiatric or the psychiatrist, not psychiatric, the psychiatrist's office, and what the Lord spoke to me there. I won't share that with you until the third week when we get to declarations. But that wilderness experience was something that I had not experienced before. I've experienced wilderness um, before, but this one, um, it just felt like it felt like death, right? Um, but I'm so glad that the Lord sustained me and kept me. Uh, and there's so much more that I've learned out of this experience. It led me into what has now been a what has been a 90-day fast, um, and what now appears to be 120. Now I've I've stopped and I took a few a few weeks off to kind of recenter myself. We're entering into a 30-day fast now, but in even those six months, counting to date, it's been about 15 miracles that I can say that I've experienced um, firsthand um, from what the Lord has done in my life, what the Lord has done in the lives of people that I've had connection to. And, and more of that reasoning, I believe I'm sharing that with you, is because I need you to know that I'm not here to just teach you head knowledge. I don't want to teach you head knowledge. I don't want to just teach you what I can gather from Scripture, right? And that's okay. That's fine. Um, and it's, it has its place. I don't want to just teach you what I know the Greek and the Hebrew says or what I can see that you can't see. I also want to teach you not just from head knowledge. I want to teach you from heart experience. And it's important for me to teach you from heart experience as well as head knowledge because it's my responsibility, uh, everyone, to help to whet your appetite. Right? I need you to know that there's more for you beyond what you understand and what you experience. We... Uh, we see something, we experience something, and many times we make that gospel. And what you know about God and what you've learned about God even growing up in childhood, many of us, we, we know that to be gospel because we don't know anything otherwise. And so I want to be able uh, to share with you and to expose you to a little more. Uh, if you're raised in Catholic, if you're raised Seventh-day Adventist, if you're raised Baptist, if you're raised in a much more charismatic uh, Pentecostal tradition, it doesn't matter. Um, we're here because um, there's so much more that the Lord wants us to know and to understand. So don't give up. 
uh, listen to what your flesh is trying to get you to do, and that's to ignore what is happening and to find every reason to go the other way. It's time to feed your spirit, and there's so much more that I want to share, share with you. Uh, there is an acceleration in the spirit that I want you to experience, um, but it's not just about blessings. It's not just about fanfare. It's not just about power, right? Um, and I was thinking about that last night because I know some people, we just want the power, we just want the blessings, we just want that uh, experience. Um, and the Lord had brought a passage to my attention that I want to give to you so that you can kind of chew on uh, throughout your time uh, with me together and even on your own personal time. And that is Luke chapter 10, verses 18 through 20. This is just something the Lord gave me that I want to give to you so that you have more scripture to be able to read and ingest outside of our time together. And this is what it said. He has sent out his disciples. He gave them power. He told them, I need you to conquer the world. You know, I need you to go and do the business that I've been preparing you for. And look at what happens. It says, while you were ministering, this is what Jesus said to the disciples when they came back. It said, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all of my authority to trample over his kingdom. You got to pay attention to that. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. He says, absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. I want you to receive this, everyone. And he says, but, but this is what's important. He says, however, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is your true source of your authority. They came back to Jesus, and they were excited because they had this power. They, demons were running from them. They were performing miracles, and they were excited because everybody saw what they were doing in the spirit, and it looked like they had so much power, and, you know, there's something that to, to desire. But when they came back to Jesus, he had to, he had to recenter them to tell them that it's not just about Power, it's not just about gifts. It's not, it's not just about more. It's about relationship. What I believe God was saying there and that someone needs to hear today and you need to remember, you need to want God more than you want anything else. This is a sidebar from today, but this is something necessary. Because if you miss this, you will miss everything else. You need to desire God more than you desire power, more than you desire to serve, more than you desire anything else. You need to desire relationship. He's saying, yes, you have power. Yes, you can do all of these things. But what I really want you to really know your source of power comes from intimacy. And if you don't have intimacy, it's no need. You shouldn't want power without intimacy. You shouldn't want gifts without knowing me. And it leads into what we have to talk about on today, right? Because if on yesterday we talked about the what, that is the fasting, we talked about switching up your strategy, 
Yes, you've been praying for some time. You've been, you know, doing these things, but some things seem to be changing. And the Lord said, well, you need to switch up your strategy. You need to not just uh, pray, but you also need to fast. And for those of us who have been um, reading our Bibles and you say, well, I read my, tra- I read my Bible and I didn't see fasting and prayer, uh, you're probably reading from a thought for thought or paraphrased version, but if you read from the New King James Version, which can be a word-for-word translation, it will tell you prayer and fasting. Just trust me on that. And so if yesterday was about the what, what we need to do is shift, change, switch up our strategy, we need to apply fasting into our lives, fasting and praying, because that's going to help to break the things that has us in bondage. It's going to help us help to accelerate the things in the spirit. It's going to help us to grow um, be in leaps and bounds. Then today needs to be the why. If yesterday is the what, today has to be the why. If yesterday is what, we need to fast, and today needs to be the why. Yes, Throughout this series, or how we began this series, we began this series looking at the book of Mark, and Mark 16, and talked about the Great Commission that nobody really talks about. We talk about the Great Commission in Matthew, that's more of a PG-13, it's just kind of like, you know, go into the world and share the gospel, but in the book of Mark, the Lord says, I'll give you all power to trample over scorpions and to heal people, uh, and you, you will drink things that will you know, be poisonous, but it won't harm you because you're going to share the gospel. I want you to turn the world upside down. And, and what you learned and what we understand, everybody on this phone, I don't care how long you've been a believer, six months, three days, three years, according to the text that I read, it says, once as you believe, that, ma- that Mark 16 text, 17 and 18 verses 17 and 18, once as you become a believer, there is an unlimited amount of power that is given to you, that's provided to you um, as a believer. The issue is, for many of us, is that we have access to power, but we don't know how to activate the power. We don't know how to walk in the power. We forfeit the power, and we surrender the power, and we're in bondage to our flesh. And I don't mean to talk so supernaturally. I'm talking to you in a way that you can take, you can take command over your life and not be dominated by the enemy any, anymore. You don't have to walk in weakness. You don't have to walk with your head down. You can, you can speak over your own life and not wait for me or another pastor or Nate Stevens or someone else to speak because the Bible teaches us that you can speak and you can pray for your own self. You don't have to wait for the elders. You can pray for your own self. But, yes, so get this. We have power made um, available to us. But what I try to also teach you is although, yes, we have power made available to us, there is also a barrier that, tries, that will keep us from accessing that power. You all need to know this. There's a barrier uh, that keeps us from accessing this power. There are four appetites. There's the appetite of greed. That's the desire to want more. There's the appetite for sex and intimacy. You know, being around people, not just physical sex, but just our desire to be in communion with people. It's touch. It's all of those things. There's the appetite for food, satisfaction, which we talked about a whole lot because all of us can attest to that appetite. And then there's the appetite for spiritual things. And if you go back, I showed you how on a daily basis we feed three of those appetites and we give the fourth appetite just a little bit. That's the spiritual appetite. And the only way we can actually feed that spiritual appetite so that it is the one that gets the the most of our attention, 
and the other ones are now regulated and so that they are normal sizes is we have to fast. If you don't fast, because when you fast, you now give a hyper-focus on spiritual things, a hyper-focus on Jesus Christ, and then the other things, your habits, the, the bad habits, the sinful patterns, uh, the greed, all those things have to be broken when you fast the right way. Everybody say the right way. Uh, we'll see throughout many texts that there were people in the Old Testament who fasted, and we'll see today the people who are fasting out of tradition. People were fasting out of ritual. You know, people were fasting to be legalistic, right? And so they're fasting and nothing is changing. So that's why you have to approach fasting with a humble heart. You have to approach fasting with fear and trembling because you want to make sure that your heart posture, your heart posture is always right. Now, everybody on Facebook, make sure if someone else can know what, what the Lord is speaking to you so that they can be blessed as well. So yes, we have power, but there's barriers to the power. Those are those different appetites. And, and the only way we can feed and we can make things right is that we have to fast. Therefore, I have to build your appetite, your understanding, and your faith this first week about fasting in general. Each week we're going to go higher, deeper, wider. So that's why you got to stay with me. We have a foundation on fa uh, on fasting that we have to deal with, uh, that we have to talk about. So first, uh, week one, this week we deal with appetites and advances, right? Uh, week two, we deal with building a fasting culture. And week three, we're going to deal with the power behind declaration, you know, declaring scripture. And week four, we're going to talk about specifically how to increase uh, your power and your level of authority. Don't think that you're going to stop coming and then come back in week four and understand what's going on. Matthew, today's text, look at what happened. It says in today's text, Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15, it says, Then the disciples of John, that's important, the disciples of John is not a bad thing. Uh, you have to know that John came before Jesus, and he came. He came baptizing people. He was he was teaching people that you need to repent because someone greater is coming behind me. I, I'm trying to prepare the way for him, and so he had disciples who he had built up, um, who were following him to follow Jesus. Right? We're we're impacting everyone, and some people follow us because we're following Jesus, and so there were disciples of John even after Jesus came. They were still following John because they had he had John had become so popular a uh, popular um, and I will talk about John another day because John spent all his life or most of his life uh, in the wilderness on a strict diet and it's what what are you willing to do for the Lord right now he had a he had a real wilderness diet right and so we we can't stop eating. Um, McDonald's or fast food for a couple of days for the Lord, and yet you have some people who depends on how hungry and how desperate you are, you'll put aside, you'll sacrifice uh, certain things in order to get what God has for you. But he has some followers, and then there were also some Pharisees. Pay attention, it says, then the disciples of John came to Jesus saying, uh, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but the disciples who follow you don't fast at all? Now, this is the legitimate issue because this is one of the first times in the New Testament in the Gospels that we hear the subject of fasting, right? Um, they, now, the disciples of John who I want to – let's say these disciples, uh, they're somewhere in the middle. 
um, they're, they're, they're new believers, you know, they're, they're new converts. And so they've heard about, you know, the Pharisees and the, and the rituals and things, but they also heard about Jesus. And so they got a legitimate question, but the Pharisees will talk about the Pharisees. And so they come to Jesus, they say, you know, we and the Pharisees, we fast all the time. We're, we deserve some merits, but those disciples who follow you, they don't fast at all. And then Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom, and he's referring to himself as, you know, the groom, you know, he says, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Can they, should they fast while the bridegroom is with them, is what he's saying. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then you're going to see that they're going to begin to fast. Now, I want to release, I want to help, help many of us on today. Here's a legitimate issue. You got two different groups of people. You got, you got the Pharisees, and then you got the followers of Jesus. They both are Christians, quote, unquote, right? They're both are believers, quote, unquote. And so they come to Jesus, pin them in a corner. We fast all the, all the time. We know that the Day of Atonement, you know, because here's the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the ones who knew. Here's the first group. The Pharisees, you know, they're the ones who knew about rituals, and religion. They were well-versed in rituals. They were well-versed in religion. They knew that their works can gain God's favor. These are the Pharisees that, that are in the text. There's two groups of people. The Pharisees, they're about their works. They knew the Bible in and out. They can tell you exactly where to find these things. They've been in church. They know tradition. They know rituals. They know when it's time to fast because the calendar says we should fast on these days and these specific religious holidays. They had it down to a T. You have the Pharisees who were about keeping the law. They knew that what their works could please God. They looked down upon other people because they had all their I's dotted and their T's crossed. You had them, but then you have the disciples who walked with Jesus. They observed the public traditions. Follow me. They observed the Days of Atonement. They fasted those times, but they didn't fast any other time. And so the Pharisees, they had a problem because they were fasting, but the disciples who were following Jesus wasn't fasting. So you got the first group of people, they, the, 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 the Pharisees, they served God by way of the local church and through local tradition. Follow me. They served, their way of serving God was through rituals and tradition and, and, and the local church. And then you got the second group, the disciples. They know God because they're walking with him. Now, follow me. The first group, they serve God through the church and through the temple and through tradition. And then you got this other group, the followers of Jesus. They're, 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 they know God. They know Jesus because they're walking with him. The first group, their primary and only source of their relationship is through knowledge, head knowledge, and ritual. The Pharisees, their, only, their primary understanding about God is through, their, through head knowledge, through tradition, and through ritual. But then you have the second group, the disciples, everything they did flowed from knowing God or knowing Jesus intimately through experience, 
through revelation, through encounters, through miracles, and through wonders. Now see this. I'm not saying one, I'm not saying the tradition and the rituals are bad, but I'm saying what I'm saying about the Pharisees is that their primary source of 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 serving God and knowing anything about God was simply through their head knowledge and what they can tell you the Bible says and through all of their ritual, but then you got the disciples, they serve, they know God through walking with him and knowing him intimately. Now here's a key. Understanding the difference between serving God and actually knowing him intimately is foundational in understanding the dynamics of a spirit-filled life. I'm going to say that again. The key to understanding, it's, it's key to understand the difference between serving God just through head knowledge, through ritual, through tradition, and actually knowing God Intimately, understanding the difference is foundational when it comes to um, understanding the dynamics of a spirit-filled life, a spirit-filled life. The first group, the Pharisees, their primary source of interaction with God happens inside the temple, the church. Find this. Listen, you have one group, their primary time that that, that they encounter God is when they go to the temple. When they go to the temple and they get involved with the traditions, that's when they're, that's their primary time and, and, and being with God. But the second group, the disciples, they came into contact. Their primary time of coming in, into contact with God happened beyond the temple. Just, just follow the text. Just follow the text. Just look. The disciples, how many times do you see in the Gospels, for those of us who know a, well, a little more well-versed in the Gospels, that they were inside the temple having conversation with the Lord. Most of their encounter, most of their knowing God personally came when they left the temple, when they were outside of the temple. And so this is very important when it comes to that spirit-filled life and understanding what we have understanding the spirit-filled life, because you have one group, their understanding of God is when we go to church and we go through tradition, and the other people, they know God intimately because when they walk with God, they don't have to be in church. They don't have to be in the temple. They're walking with God. It extends beyond their time at church. So many of us, why am I saying this? So many of us are, and, and, and so many of, what we'll do right now, we'll say, oh, I'm not a Pharisee, I'm a disciple. Well, well, well follow me for a mo- one moment. I'm not trying to call you one or the other. I'm trying to help you to understand the dynamics of a spirit-filled life so that we can really understand fasting. I need you to understand fasting before you go anywhere. So many of us are waiting until we get to church in order to feel or experience God, right? So many of us are waiting for the worship music to play before we feel God. Think about it. Think about it. Many of us are waiting for the pastor to pray for us before we get a feeling. And here's the thing, and this is not original. I got this from a mentor. Your problem is you're trying to experience God on the go. And that's leaving you confused and disappointed. You're trying to experience God on the go. 
open your device, listen to this sermon, and you want to feel something. And when you don't feel what you expect to feel when you go to church on Sunday within the 60 minutes that you're there or the 15 minutes of the worship, then you're confused because you don't hear, you don't feel, and you don't sense God, right? And don't, don't see, you're not a Pharisee, I know, but, but get this. Most of us are trying to hear God on the go when we haven't heard God sitting still. I want to claim that as original, but my mentor shared that, and I was like, man, that's powerful. Many of us are trying to hear God on the go when we haven't learned to hear God sitting still. And you're trying to go to church, and we try to go to the temple, and that's the only time we give God the attention that he needs. And so when we say we lift up our hands, we don't feel anything going on in the text. Today, it's very important. This is why fasting in a personal way is very instrumental to a spirit-filled life. Yesterday we talked about fasting, and it talked about fasting from a personal perspective, not necessarily the public fasting, which is good, which is great, but you also have to incorporate personal and private fasting into your life the right way. Now, there's some things I want to talk about, but I can't talk about because I realize the time is leaving, but let me let – me, help you to understand what's going on in the text that makes this very powerful. Jesus says to the disciples, or he says to the followers, they don't need to fast while I'm present with them. When I get ready to, when I leave and my physical presence is no longer here and you can't see me and you probably can't reach out to touch me and you can't probably feel me and you can't sense me, then it's going to be time for you to fast. But while I'm here and you can see me in the flesh and I am among you, you need to celebrate my presence. But when the bridegroom leaves, then it's going to be time to fast. This explains why when Jesus is resurrected and when Jesus ascends to heaven, that now all of the disciples in the book of Acts begin to, to pray and also fast. I'm going to show you for proof. Just give me a couple of minutes because I need to help you to understand why you have to fast and when you need to fast. When you need to fast, because here, you have one group, they fast based on the calendar. Jesus, we fast when it comes time for atonement. We fast because tradition says we need to fast on these days. And Jesus is saying, no, there's going to come a time when you have to fast, when you sense you need to fast, when you feel you need to fast, when you can't sense my presence, you can't feel me, you don't, you, you don't know what's going on. Then you'll have to fast. I don't need you to fast based on a calendar or based on tradition or based on a group of people. I need you to fast when you feel like you need to fast, when you sense that I want you to fast. And so it's, it's, it's about tradition, but it's not. But he said, I'm a break tradition. I don't need them to fast right now. So understand this. Why does he give them that explanation? I'm here. I'm present with you. You don't need to fast. When I leave, you're going to find there's going to become some times you're going to raise your hands and you're not going to sense me. There's going to become some times where you're going to feed your flesh so much that you're going to become numb that you can't sense spiritual things. I'm not going to be there among you. And so when you fast, then you're going to quicken my spirit among you and you'll be able to sense me. He gives them this analogy, three things he wants them to know, three things. One, fasting promotes proximity, proximity. Fasting promotes proximity, nearness, nearness, nearness. He says this, 
they don't need to fast while I'm here. When I leave, then they'll fast because when you fast, when I'm gone, it's going to, pr- it's going to promote closeness between us. The association, the fellowship, the affiliation, the nearness, fasting promotes proximity. How do I know this? Because when you look at Acts chapter 10, take this verse down so you can read this later on today, everyone. Acts chapter 10, verses 30 and 31, you'll have a man by the name of Cornelius. He said, I fasted for four days. You know, four days ago I fasted and praying here in my home at this very hour, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, when a man in glistening clothing suddenly appeared in front of my eyes. Cornelius said this. And he said, the man who appeared to me said, God has heard your prayers. Someone needs to know this. God has heard your prayers. Your generosity to the poor has been recorded and remembered in God's presence. Because he fasted, there is now this there's this closeness, there's this nearness that he gets to feel and sense God. He says in the text that he fasted four days ago at this approximate hour. He didn't fast a whole long time, but he fasted, and it promotes proximity, a nearness. And so they didn't fast while Jesus was here. They fasted when he left. Now, the second thing, fasting restores awareness of the presence of Jesus. Fasting restores the awareness of the presence of Jesus. Fasting restores the awareness of the presence of Jesus. Some of us can't feel the presence of God because our flesh has been dominating us for so long, and because our flesh, we've been giving in to the flesh, everything our flesh desires, we can't feel anything else, right? And so here's the thing. God is always here. God is everywhere. When you fast, you begin to make your flesh feeble and your, your spirit more sensitive. And so what happens is God is already here, but when you begin to fast, what happens is your spirit becomes more aware of the presence of God that is already with you. God didn't change because you stopped you know, following him or stop praying. God didn't leave because God is not schizophrenic. God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't go back and forth. God is always with us. The problem is we can't sense or feel. So if you can't feel God right now, if you can't sense God right now, it's good that you're fasting. When you get to a point in your life where you can't hear God, you don't know if God is near, things are shifting, it, it means it's time for you to fast. The bridegroom is left. So when you arrive at a time, where you don't feel that association, you don't feel that closeness, you need to fast. Fasting restores the awareness of the presence of God. And the last thing is this, and I'll bid you a good morning because it's time for you to go. Fasting is a primer for revelation. Fasting is a primer for revelation. Thank you, Facebook for your words, someone will get those revelations. Now, now get this. You'll miss this. You'll miss this. Fasting is a primer. A primer, it revs you up. It prepares you. It prepares you for revelation. Primer or fasting is a primer. It prepares you. It conditions you to be able to receive the thing that God has for you. Do not expect to receive my revelation because where I am is not where you are, and where you are is not where your neighbor is. You need to be responsible with the revelation that God gives to you at the level that you are. No comparisons necessary. 
But get this, fasting is a primer for revelation. Daniel chapter 10, verse 7. What do I mean by that? This is what happens. Daniel chapter 10, verses 5, 6, and 7, you can, you can read that. That's another scripture you can read to, read for. This is what he says. He'd been fasting for 21 days. No delicacies, no wine has come to his mouth, no, no, no meat has come to his lip. His lips is what he says. When, the, when this vision, this is what he says, when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three whole weeks. All the time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips. I had no fragrant lotions until the three weeks had passed. And this is what he said. On April the 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the Tigris River, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. And look at, look at what he says. He says, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw absolutely nothing, but they were terrified and they ran away. Look, 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 look at what happens. I, Daniel, had been fasting, not I, Daniel, and the guys who were with me. I, Daniel, had been fasting for three weeks. We'll talk about Daniel next week. I'm going, the Lord has something to give you. I, Daniel, had been fasting for three long weeks, and then revelation came to me. And when revelation, this vision came to me, because I had been fasting and I had been preparing myself, the Lord had been preparing me for revelation. When revelation came, it came to me, not the people who were standing next to me, right? And so you see how even then the people who were sitting next, standing next to Daniel couldn't see what, he, what Daniel saw because fasting will condition, it will prepare you not just for supernatural revelation. You'll open your Bible, you'll see something you never saw before because God revealed it to you. Right? Revelation doesn't always have to be ecstatic in those ways. It, does, it doesn't have to be that, right? And so you have fasting is a primer for revelation. The other passage I won't read is Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. And then you'll understand that Peter, he went up to the roof, and the Bible says that he was hungry. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 11, he was ready to eat. But he fell into a trance, and a vision came to him, and supernatural experience happens, right? Why? Because he decided to miss that meal. He goes on top of the roof, and he's very hungry, and they're preparing the food, but mm, God called his attention, and because God called his attention, he passed a meal. He skipped just one meal. He didn't have to fast for three weeks. He didn't have to fast for three years. Just one meal. One missing or sacrificing one meal in obedience will profit you far more than three, three weeks or three years in disobedience. What I'm saying here is that fasting will prepare you for revelation that God has for you. Now, there's many more things that I was going to give you, so take this one note. I'm going to give you on tomorrow or another day, there's five things that must accompany fasting, right? I'm not going to give it to you today because I want to be responsible with your time. We're about nine minutes past the time that I wanted to provide for you. Um, but understand this, there's five things that fasting must be accompanied with. Fasting must be accompanied with five different things, right? And I'm going to give you those things. And then I'm also going to give you the passages and explain to you why it's important, all right? So listen, 
I don't want to rush you. I don't want to be, you know, very fast, but I want to be responsible with your time. There is a what. You need to switch up your strategy, but there is a why. You need to fast. Why? Because it helps to bring you closer to the Spirit of God, closer to Jesus. This is why today we talk from the subject, come closer, right? God doesn't need to come near to you. You need to come near to him. You need to be made aware of the presence of God, and this happens through fasting because you silence all of the other appetites of the flesh. May the Lord be with you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May God love on you. May God speak to you. May God reveal himself to you in the way that you can be responsible with on today. May God just smile with you. May his countenance shine upon you. And may the fears, the inhibitions, the things that you're wrestling with um, dissipate. I believe in this fast for your life, and I believe in what God is going to do and has already done in your life. And all of God's people said amen. You all may be released. Um, Those who are on the phone, thank you very much. Thank you for chiming in. Thank you for being present. I'm going to bring you off of mute. And when I bring you off of mute, it would be good that you all mute your own phones until or unless you have something to say uh, because I don't want everybody speaking at one time. Everybody on Face on Facebook, share this with five people. We need more than 22 shares. Share this with five people, um, and thank you for your comments. Thank you for being present. Take notes. Take your notes. Take your notes. I need you to read. I need you to sit quietly, uh, and let's talk for a moment about some things um, that are pressing uh, with you all. So. Uh, Facebook, you can ask your questions. I'm taking teleconference off of mute, right? Thank you, Wilson. Wilson, thank you so much. Um, thank you, Jazz, Christina. Christine, thank you. Ivan, thank you. Rich, thank you all for commenting. Thank you for everything that you have shared. Um, I'm hoping that this was a blessing. I'm hoping something spoke to you. Thank you, Denise. I'm hoping something um, has been and will be helpful. Um, uh, I know some of this might go over some of your heads, but just stick with it. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to walk with you. Deborah, thank you uh, very much. Now, questions, one question at a time. Moya, you're here late. I need you to be here at 6 o'clock, but go back and listen to this. Go back and listen to this. Uh, um, this recording. Yes, questions. Yes, Pastor Curry, can you go into detail about picking the evening scripture? Amen. I will do that. So um, here's a question. I'll give you that question. Uh, chewing gum is not allowed. Um, uh, it's not allowed. Um, now, I hate to be so, so strict, um, but I have a question. Facebook, here's a question. Someone asked me, how should they go about picking the scripture for the evening? And this is the question more people have than not, right? So I wanted to be careful not to give you rigid things to do. Um, What you can do, put your phone on mute, everyone. Uh, What you can do is this. Be attentive to everything that's taking place. 
I gave you scriptures today, um, and I gave you scriptures today. You jot those scriptures down. It's important to listen to the or, or to, you know, go for those scriptures. I want to encourage you. There's a variety of ways to find your scripture for the evening. I need you to pray to God and start awakening that ability to discern God's voice, even if you feel like it's your voice. you got to start somewhere, right? I want you to begin doing that, but pay attention because you're going to hear scriptures throughout the day. You're going to hear scriptures that may come from a radio or might come from our time together, or you might have a scripture written down somewhere, and this might be God's way of saying, hey, I'm providing the lifeboat to you, but you want it to come in a different way. Right? You know, you're stranded out here on the ocean and you need somebody to save you. A lifeboat came, a helicopter came, but you want specific people a specific way. And so, what I want to teach you is that uh, finding that scripture happens in a variety of ways. Don't make it about, oh, I just dropped my Bible and it opens and then that's how I find it. That's cute and that's kind, but that shouldn't be your primary way of finding the passage. If all else fails, go back to the passage for the morning and sit with it. Sit with it until it speaks and try not to get it to speak to you the way that that it spoke to Isaac, right? Um, So you have to be attentive to whatever the Lord might be doing. That's why the Lord told me to be careful in be intentional in giving you the passages today. I gave you the passage to Acts 10. I gave you the passage to Daniel. You might not have ever heard that. You might go to read it, and it makes no sense, but it's what you call exposure, right? You expose yourself to something. You might not see certain things, but when you go back, the Lord will give you more revelation than you had the first time. Do not discount revelation because it doesn't come in the way that you think it should come. Right. There was a time when I opened up the Bible. I didn't know. Absolute. I knew absolutely nothing. Right. And revelation comes in different ways. So thank you uh, for that particular question. Another question. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for tuning in. Um, uh, Mitch. I'm not going to give that today because I want to be responsible with giving the five things present in fasting. Uh, I didn't have enough time to do it today, and I want to do it where I'm not rushing because it's it's enough food where I want to be responsible with it. So I hope to give it tomorrow, right? Um, Someone else asked me, what is considered processed food? Now hear me. Depending on where you are on this fasting journey, depends on how you need to receive this answer. Now, processed food is anything that has more than one ingredient. When I pick up broccoli, what's the ingredients for broccoli? Broccoli. When I pick up, um, you know, another item that's in a can, I look on the back of the ingredients, and it has three ingredients plus some ingredients that I don't know. That means that it has some form of process. I'm not trying to be very sticky, I'm saying where you are on this fasting journey, you know what you need to apply in your life. And however you're applying the processed food, I want you to know that one ingredient, simplicity. You know, so like if we're just doing, for people who are doing um, the diet that is um, high fats and, and low carbs, you have your fish. That's one ingredient, right? You know, grilled fish is one ingredient. Broccoli or vegetables is one ingredient, right? Um, But when you, like when I did almond butter, for example, I would do the almond butter, unfortunately, that was so expensive 
But when you look at the back, the only ingredient is almonds. No sugar, <laughs> no sodium, um, and you just enjoy the almonds and whatever sweetness that can come from it, right? Um, but you can also get almond butter that has a whole lot of other ingredients that makes it far more processed rather than just being crunched up. Uh, another question. Thank you, Nikki. I'm glad the Lord spoke to you. Um, Mitch, I know you're at another place, and I know, you, I know what you need. I know what you need. Um, someone else uh, have another question? What about seasoning our vegetables? Uh, seasoning your vegetables? Uh, keep, it, keep it simple. Uh, uh, I, won't, I won't bother you with seasoning. Depends on your seasoning. When you start getting to all the dressing, you know, there's some natural herbs. Try to, right, deal with right. the, try to deal with the natural herbs. When you start getting to all of the different types, look at the ingredients. That's all I ask you. When you look at the ingredients, you see that if you, can, if you see the ingredients and you, they're individual ingredients, you know, celery, paprika, whatever those things are, you know, keep it to herbs. I am not trying okay. to be legalistic. Everybody listen. I am not. Yes, yeah, stir fry. You better, you Sarah. You better stir fry those vegetables. <laughs> I stir fried. I stir fried vegetables like a like like nothing else because I need to. Right. Um, stir yeah. fry them. Crunch them up. You need to do whatever you can because I have I have someone on Facebook that said, "Can I stir fry my vegetables?" Absolutely, you can. Um, okay. But hear me, hear me. Um, I'm not trying to be legalistic. I want to try to be truthful with you and allow you to work with it as you can. If you're new to fasting, um, don't try to jump to where some other people are, but also don't try to slight yourself because you know that you're new. Just gradually get into it. Everybody should know that cheese is processed, right? Um, right. It just is. You know, it's just processed. It's just, it's just, it's just what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Almond butter is good, but it's absolutely high. I sit there in I sit there in the aisles praying and fasting in the aisles, like man, the price needs to come down from 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 this. Um, let's see. Uh, another question. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to tell you all this. Hear me. There's some questions that you're asking me that's in the material that I already presented you. I won't say that it offends me. But I will say that you're bypassing the process if you don't put in the hard work of reading the material that's already present before you asking me the questions that have already been answered. Someone asked, "Are protein shakes sweetened with stevia? With sweetened with stevia allowed?" Um, <clears throat> I want to encourage. Now, now, hear me, everybody. Hear me. That's a great question. Um, hear me. Um, <coughs> We will find every way to make to, to keep things not being simp simplistic. Now, it depends on which diet you're doing. If you're doing a Daniel fast, protein shakes are not allowed, right? Because of the different things that go into it, it makes it processed. It can be good for you. I have great protein shakes at home that are still there from a month and two months ago because I want it so bad and they have no sugar in them, right? But where I am and what I'm trying to accomplish, uh, they have no sugar in them. They're just sweetened by themselves. I want it and I can justify it, right? But drinking it makes my day easy because I have no hunger. Everything is good because I got my protein shake. Nothing is – I suffer nowhere because I, I got my fix, right? 
I got the fix that I desire by putting a little stevia, you know, in the protein shake and all of this is already processed, so I've circumvented the process. But when we get to Daniel next week, you'll see what I mean when I say how he kept everything very simple and, and very plain. Uh, but where you are and what you're trying to accomplish depends. This is why I told everybody, if you wake up in the morning and you, get, and you make some p potatoes and you eat the potatoes, you probably won't eat no more in the day because you're good. Right? But that's why I want to say Sorry. limit that and pull that from your diet. And what I want to ask you to do is to incorporate something in your diet that normally isn't there. So when you start putting the edamame there, you're saying to the Lord, I want to shock everything in my life, everything in my system. It gives me the protein that I need, and it's low carb. It, it, it does everything that I need. And I'm still going to be hungry, but let me say this to everyone. Everybody hear this. When you're fasting throughout the day, if your primary focus is food and when you're going to eat and what you're going to eat when you do eat, you're not operating in the spirit. Your flesh, you're just having negotiated conversation with your flesh. What you want to arrive to, you want to arrive to a place where you're so enamored with things of God, so enamored with praying and writing and seeing what God is doing that you forgot you never ate. What do I mean by that? Many of us work so hard at work. We go to work and we get so many deadlines to meet that many times we forget to eat because we're so busy with accomplishing certain goals. So it's possible to be busy, focused on things, and forget to feed yourself, right? So what I want to do is, not, not by works, I'm asking that your spirit does it, that your spirit leads you. You want to arrive to a point where you are reading your word, you're praying, and you're walking about, and you forgot to eat. You, and, and it doesn't happen automatically because your flesh has been dominating you for so long that your flesh is telling you, you're crazy if you think you're going to keep asking. And so congratulations. <laughs> Crystal, hold on. Crystal said, me and Edamame struggled yesterday. Praise the Lord. Listen, let me tell you something. Okay. Me and uh, what's, that, what's that thing that I told you that I ate uh, that doesn't have any taste of uh, the protein, um, the red? Quinoa, me and quinoa struggled for a minute. I was like, what is this? This is manna. This has no taste to it. Why do people even eat it? And I'm like, Lord, let me not eat for taste. Let me eat for purpose. So remind yourself. Eat for purpose, not for taste. Because as long as you're eating for taste, you're just eating to satisfy your flesh. I'm not telling you to rob yourself forever, but this is what's necessary in fasting, right? Because your flesh is so loud. Um, and someone else asks, well, what do I read? I don't understand what I'm reading. Everything is so loud. Your flesh is hollering at you and trying to get your attention. Just, just keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. What are some different types of fast? Um, Nikki, what I want to ask you to do is um, I can't answer that in the fullness right now. But what you can do is go to my website, Isaac Curry. When you sign up, what's going to happen is you're going to be given a lot of material and you're going to be right, redirected to my website. Everybody who is here who are just chiming in, go to IsaacCurry.com and you sign up to this, and you're going to be given instructions because there's a lot of other things that I've already shared 
that will give you everything that you need so you can be up to date. I'm glad that you're here, Nikki, um, and I'm glad for everyone else who is here for the first time. Um, and Sharon, I've already shared, if you have a hard time, you need, um, I've already shared that at the beginning of our questions, what do you need to read? I think of my mother. My mother doesn't know everything about the Bible, and I haven't spoken with her. And so trying to discover what to read, you have passages that have been given to you for the morning. You have passages that have been given to you as the creature has been teaching. Um, and you just need to pray. You just need to pray and just Start, start somewhere. Don't get real religious about it. Don't get real spiritual about it, right? Let's not make this so spiritual. Let's just start somewhere and try to be consistent. Start with a little. Don't try reading for an hour and two hours. Don't make it super spiritual. Don't make it overly religious. Let's just open your Bible, but don't overlook the passages that I've already given you, right? I've given you passages in my teaching, and will give you in the teaching, go back and reread them. Go back and read them for better understanding, right? Do that. Um, all right, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and let you all go. It's 6.57. That's more than enough time. Um, let's see. I, I want to know if there's one more thing that I'm forgetting uh, to give you. Um, index cards. Index cards. Index cards. I'm asking you to remember passages. Some of your time in reading can be devoted to memorizing the passage that you should be memorizing. Index cards, put some holes in it, get a little ring, and start putting those passages on there and start challenging yourself to remember to gain better understanding. That's reading the Bible, although it's just one or two scriptures, right? So I want you to go, I want you to start, start somewhere. So um, get some index cards. Take this serious. Act like you're studying for an exam because this is, a, this is studying to show yourself approved because you are showing God that you're serious about this just like a doctor is serious about his, his or her profession. May the Lord be with you all. I love you all, and I hope to see you tomorrow. Share this with five people before you go. And those on teleconference, share this with someone who will be blessed by it. Uh, go to my website. You can get the pod beam and you can get the YouTube version. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's everybody. a blessing. Bye. Thank you. All right. All right.